Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We're just excited to be gathered around God's Word today. Our study is in the book of Colossians. We're still in chapter 1. It's part 4 on this beautiful, sunny, and warm day here in February in Texas. And uh, my wife Robin told me it might get up to 90 today. <coughs> so that's that's quite something for February, and uh, but I don't have a problem with it. I like it better than the other alternative, the other end of that. So I hope that you get your Bibles and follow along with us today as the Lord is going to show us some things. I know he is. If we will watch and listen, he's going to show us some things today concerning walking in Christ and uh, what it means and that what it looks like. <clears throat> and what we're experiencing and what we have to have to be found walking in Christ Jesus. I know the Lord's going to touch your heart today with truth. He's going to impart truth into our hearts so that our feet can be found walking in that truth. It's so important. So uh, here we are today. And let me say this before we jump in. Thank you for everybody who's helping us. <coughs> Excuse me, with the Bibles, 10 expositor study Bibles to inmates across the land. We mail those 10 every single week. And uh, we're just so thankful for the opportunity to be able to do that and all the other things the Lord does through us here at Crossway Church and, and the commentaries that are being, being written and, and uh, uh, printed right now, by the way, uh, four different. Uh, new books on, or commentaries rather, are going to be being uh, printed here in just days. They're in the print shop already in four chapter segments, all four of those, all the way through chapter 16 in Romans. So pretty soon you'll be able to get a copy of that. And uh, we're just excited about that. We're excited about Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass and their girls coming uh, to be with us here March 15th through the 17th. That's going to be a whole weekend, starting on a Friday night and going all the way through on a Sunday morning. And we're just excited about what the Lord is doing in their ministry there in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church. And uh, they're such a huge blessing to us, and we can't wait to have them here and to, to just to, just to, just to be blessed by the ministry of the Lord through them. So again, that's March 15th through the 17th, and I will be also in Naples, Florida, the weekend, uh, that very next weekend, 22nd, 23rd, that very next weekend, I'll be in Naples, Florida with Pastor Mahari Warfield and his wife Monique and the great saints of their local church there, and I'm excited to be there again and share this great truth of the gospel with them. The Lord is really pouring out of his spirit great, great, great revelation concerning his son, what his son did at Calvary, and how that relates to every single moment of our lives. And I praise God for that. I praise God for that more than anything else after I was born again. The born-again experience is what you have to have. But after that, you've got to begin to have the knowledge of the truth of the gospel, be able to grow. And I believe the Lord will show us that today, even in today's little session here. So you can find those other commentaries and everything at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also give to the Lord through that avenue. And uh, there's just a lot there for you to go and look at, check out. So I pray you do that. Uh, let's dig in this morning. I don't like to, I, you know, commercials and all that stuff. It's for the birds, really. I know we have to, to let you know what we've got going on and what we've got out there. But I always cut it short because I'm so excited to get into the Word of God. Literally, I mean that. And, uh, and I did mean that today the Lord is going to offer, is going to offer, truth to be imparted into our hearts. He doesn't just cram it in without us. We've got to be hungry. We've got to be seeking. And we have to be learning, willing to learn. And we have to be willing to change if we see something the Lord is showing us that's different from what we've always thought was right. We have to always stick with the Word of God. The Word of God explains the Word of God. Truth is the only thing that can explain truth. As long as we keep remembering that, we won't 
give ear to a lot of things that are out there. Let's start in verse 9 this morning, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. My goodness, that's just three verses, but there is enough meat in these verses for us to just uh, set up camp right here, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And, I, and I, let me say it again. For those who have spirit-taught hearts, those who are allowing the Lord to bring their focus and direction back to that place, that exclusive place called their first love, where their first works took place, that place where he always delivers his people unto, which is the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4.11, so then he can work death in us, and then the experience that we're reading here can take place. And, and, and I know people say, well, you're just, your mind is closed, you're too, too narrow-minded. No, I just believe what I see in the Word. And if God always delivers his people unto death for Jesus' sake, then that's the only place that we can call our first love, where the first works began, where we begin to love the Lord, and where all that we are about to read again began to take place. Let me say that again. It, when, when the Lord turns us, delivers us always unto death, so that Jesus, it's for Jesus' sake, it says there, so that we can express Jesus in these earthly mortal bodies. Listen, if Christ is not being expressed, none of these things are happening. None of these things, are, the expression of Christ is the experience of God's word. And the expression of Christ is limited to those who accept where God is always delivering them. And that word always means always. That means the first time you believed and were born again, it was because you accepted where he was delivering you to, the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. And now, being born again, you realize now, I hope you've learned. If you haven't, here it comes. You as often as you're willing to reckon yourself to be dead indeed to the sin nature and accept your place of union with Christ in through faith in his death, then you are also, it's a reality whether you experience it or not, you as a Christian, you are dead and you're dead with Christ and hidden with him in God. That's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3. So let's read this again because the Lord today is going to show us what it looks like when we've heard for years now that Colossians 2 and 6 in the next chapter, verse 6 of chapter 2, that as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, like so walk ye in him. So we walk in Christ exactly like we received Christ, which was through a heart yielded to the truth of the gospel. It was a heart believing unto righteousness, and we were born again. Hallelujah. That's how we received him. And if that's not how we're walking in him, we're not walking in him. Very few in the church know this today. That's why the church has all of its problems because we've not learned what it means to walk in Christ and how that's done. But we see it written in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. 
as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, or it says actually, let me word it correctly, exactly, as you there, as you have therefore, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You were immersed into his death through believing in his death, and you are to walk in him through a step-by-step faith in his death, which is the only place God is delivering you unto always. Amen. And this is a test for you, child of God. Job 7:18 says that God tries us always. What's that try? To see if we will continue to accept this denial of self, this way to follow Christ through denial of self, taking up our cross, which is faith in his sacrifice, his cross, to be able to follow him. So we're going to see what Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 teaches. We're going to see an in-depth view of what that looks like scripturally in chapter 1. Let's read it again. In Colossians chapter 1, let's read it again in verse 9. Paul says, for, and you'll have to go back and listen to the first three sessions to, to go back and see what for this cause is. And it's what is said previous to, previously to this. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Where is, where is, according to this scripture, where is the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding? Or, or let me reword this. Where is the knowledge of God's will found according to this Bible verse? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Get this now. Spiritual understanding always deals with the word of God because there is no discerning spiritual things without the word of God. No, nobody, nobody can discern anything spiritually without the Word of God and without the Holy Spirit. Not just the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit bearing witness to the Word He's revealing to you to, for you to be able to discern. Amen. The light of God's Word in the light of the Lamb allows us to be able to discern. This is that discernment that is taught in Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14, that the babes, the carnal babes in Christ lack. They don't have it because they should be by now. We're not, and we're not talking about babes who are growing and maturing from babes. We're talking about babes who've been babes for many, many years now. They should by now be whatever the gift is God has for them to be functioning in, but they're not. And the Bible there says it's because they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. And there's where you have the revelation. If you have a heart that's a spirit-taught heart and you have eyes that can see, there's where you can understand how everything has to be in the light of Jesus, who is the light, and his work of righteousness that has become our light. Psalms 37, 6 says that God made our righteousness to be our light. Hallelujah. So the word of God that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path has to be in the context of the one who said, I am the light. And it has to be always in the context of what he did to become our light. That's how the lamb is the light because the lamb is the living word that was crucified so the light could be turned on to us. So all the words of God are in righteousness. They're in this light of righteousness. And by the way, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's the light of his righteousness. Hallelujah. That light of his righteousness shines on everything in our lives that's unrighteous. Think about it. The light that we walk in is the, 
if our faith is right, is the light that he is in, and it's the light of his righteousness that shines on everything that's not righteous in our lives, and the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So I hope you're gleaning a little bit today. The, the word always has to be in the light of the one who said, I am the light. And we know that he is, Jesus is the living word of God. But what makes that word of God, Jesus, the son of God, applicable to you is what your heart does with Calvary. That's how you were born again. And that's how everything else that happens in your life that's of God is going to take place. Galatians 3, uh, verses 1 through 5, especially 1 through 3 there, reveal that in its simplicity, that you began through the hearing of faith, you received the Spirit through the hearing of faith. Miracles can be worked among the congregation through the hearing of faith that's there taught is the revelation of Christ Jesus crucified being revealed and believed from the heart. That's what's taught there. And when we move away from that, then we'll call other things miracles that are not of God. We'll call other things the spirit that's not the spirit of God. And that's where the church is today by and large. So let's see this now here written in the word of God that the knowledge of God's will is found in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So what I've got to say that again. The knowledge of God's will is in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you have to be in the word of God. You have to be a student of the word of God. We don't have to be theologians. We don't have to be the brightest bulb in the package, but we do have to know that Jesus is the son of God. He was sent from heaven to die for the sins of all humanity so that we, whoever so, whosoever believes in him could be saved, hallelujah, and begin to learn the will of God that is in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that cannot take place in our hearts without our faith being in the sacrifice of Christ. You can never get away from the reality that one of the reasons God always delivers his people unto death is for Jesus' sake, and it's also, it tells us there, it's for Jesus' sake in 2 Corinthians 4.11, and that it's so that we can express him. We cannot experience and express Jesus unless we're learning of Jesus. We cannot. And the only place we can meet with God, commune with God, and be taught by God is through our faith, not because we had faith in the sacrifice of Christ and now we're born again and everything just automatically happens. That's a brainwash seduction right there that's huge in the body of Christ. We're not meeting with God. We're not communing with God. Look at the church of Laodicea. You'll see that I said the church, born again, spirit-filled church of Laodicea. They have the spirit of God indwelling them, but Jesus is outside knocking on the door because he's not in fellowship with those who have his spirit. Very alarming and very scary. So these things do not just happen automatically. We have to give ear. We have to surrender our heart. We have to accept this place where we're always delivered if we're going to continue to meet with God, commune with God, hear from God, be led by God, and express the Son of God. In other words, if we won't accept the focus of the cross of Christ at all times, then whichever times you refuse to, you're not going to be meeting with anybody but the vanity, the vain imaginations of our own mind. And that's just the way it is. That's the way it was in the Old Testament. God's people would get sick and tired of the sacrifices and the church comes along and says, boy, I'm glad I wasn't in the Old Testament. Man, all, man, all, the, all that God required them to always be just presenting animals for their sin, to shed their blood. Just come, man, I'm glad I'm not back there. Listen, my friend, 
You're under something now called the new covenant, called the grace of the new covenant that is much more requiring and demanding of you than ever before. Our God always delivers us unto death for Jesus' sake. If you're not willing to accept that, if you're, if you're, if you're just trying to change that, then, my friend, we find ourselves in the same boat as the people of old, the Israelites, who were sick and tired of hearing about the cross. Tell me something else. Give me something else. You know, and, and finally they would just throw it out completely and go offer their kids even to other false gods who were not gods, but they would offer their own children in the fires in, in fires that kill them. Now, now the, the, the crazy thing about this is we say, well, we don't do that today. My friend, we don't take our children after the flesh and throw them in some burning blaze of fire, but we do offer them to the fires of the seduction of the world and the fires of uh, heresy and false doctrine when we part of the day say what's right but then we open the door to men to come and say that which is not right you can read about that in Ezekiel 23 when the children of Israel went and offered their children in the fires to Molech and false gods that are not even gods uh, after the flesh and then the same day they'd go into the temple of God and God said because of what they were doing in that part of the day that they were profaning his temple. So we got to get determined, church. Not just to say we know what's right and, and us say what's right. We got to get determined not to allow anybody to creep in to bring anything that even hints there's any other thing than a focus of Calvary's Lamb. Because when we're allowing the other things, then we're allowing our kids to hear other things and we're offering them. Oh, we didn't think we are, but we are. Church wants to know what's wrong with their kids. They didn't teach them to be determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And if, they te if they're not teaching them to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, then they're teaching, they're teaching them to be determined not to know only Christ and him crucified. Amen. Well, let's read this again, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, and he's talking about their love for one another, their love in the Spirit, the Bible says, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will, where? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And let's take a second when we see the word understanding and turn over to Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 46. This is Jesus after he's resurrected from the dead. The disciples here walking along, two of them with their lip hanging out. Just like, just can't believe we thought he was the one. But, but you know, it, it, obviously he wasn't. But watch what happens in verse 44 when Jesus awakens them to the reality of who he is. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding. Now, you got to catch this, my friend. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ. It was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Did you see that? What is it that opens our spiritual understanding? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ suffering, dying, and being raised from the dead, and how the scriptures, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, they're concerning him. 
They're concerning him. Our Bibles are is our Jesus book. Jesus said, I am the beginning and I am the ending. Did he say that more than once in the book of Revelations as he brought the great revelation to the apostle John? Well, our Bibles open up with the phrase, in the beginning. And we know that Jesus is the living word of God by which God created all things that exist. So in the beginning, God created in Christ, Christ, God created. Do you see? Our Bibles open up. Because Jesus is the beginning and Jesus is the end. Our whole Bible is about Jesus. My son Andrew was sharing something with me the other day that was very interesting about the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And I won't get into the depth of what all he shared with me because my mind can't really handle all of that. But a part of it uh, was that you know, the book of Leviticus that is saturated with the truth of the sacrifice. There's where you're going to read about the sacrificial offerings and, and their meanings and how they're to be offered, everything. It's, it's right in the center of the Torah, the first five books of your Bible. And it, that's, that's very important because the center of all things in God's dealings with humanity is the offering of himself. When, when that time that he called the fullness of time, he would come forth as a child born of a virgin, this, this incarnate Christ, this, this God becoming man born of a virgin to live a sinless and perfect life, to be able to lay his perfect and sinless life down for the sake of all the world's, all the world's sins, uh, dying so we could be forgiven. It is the most remarkable, magnificent, wonderful, and beautiful thing that our minds can ever imagine or behold. And we don't have to all have different imaginations. We will after the flesh, but we don't have to because we have the truth that brings the proper picture to our hearts. Hallelujah. So he says that ever since they've heard of these saints, their faith and their loving one another in the spirit that he, that, that they constantly pray for them and that they desire that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in this place of all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Watch that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Mm. See, this ties us into what the next chapter will reveal to us in its most simplistic form of how we walk in Christ and how we're pleasing to God is only if we're walking in Christ. And Colossians 2 and 6 brings it down to the narrowness and the simplicity telling us that we walk in him exactly the way we received him. If you move away from that, it's because you're listening to men who are teaching you outside of the scriptures. They're twisting the scriptures so that their flesh can get some glory. But at the cross, there is no glorified flesh. There's only flesh that's put to death and denied, hallelujah, and Christ is glorified. So listen, he, he's praying here. Now you got to understand what's written here is written by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to you and me, not just the church of Colossae, but to you and me. It's the Holy Spirit who is God, who's offering these truths to us so that we can find ourselves walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm, I'm not being ugly, my friends, but almost at any point, if you 
if the subject came up among any, just about any Christian, and you asked them, what's God teaching you this week? What's God showing you right now? You, you'd get a blank face. You, I'm not being ugly. I, I, I speak from my own experience. I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you a reality. What's God? What is God teaching you? Or what are you learning that's of Christ? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is showing you and teaching you, those things that be of Christ. Are we learning Christ? Because it's the only avenue of an increase of the knowledge of God. And that's the only place that we can be found pleasing unto our Lord is in the walk that's worthy unto the Lord. This, this is a powerful, powerful scripture. And it's just, it, it's, it's just it, it, what it does for me here, the Holy Spirit is showing me that this is in, in more of a wordy uh, scriptural place, more wordy, if you will, of what it looks like when our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, and we're not just saying it is, we're not just quoting verse 6 of chapter 2, we're not just quoting the great truth that is there, but this here in the first chapter, we're seeing what's really happening if our faith truly is moment by moment in the sacrifice, and I know it's not every moment, but we are told to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel, hallelujah, Philippians 1 and 27. And, and, we, and if we're honest, we're not always striving together for the faith of the gospel. Sometimes we get to striving with each other to get our own way about something. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. But we're told in the word to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel not the baptism with the Holy Spirit, not this that makes us get our own groups, this that made us all one group, which was the gospel, hallelujah. And so let me say it again. I believe the Holy Spirit is showing us this is more of what the picture looks like. And also, if you'll remember what it looked like when you were born again, because in all reality, you stepped into this experience when you were born again. You, listen, you, you, listen. Let me, let, me, let me say this today. You and I, Christians, born again children of God, we're not trying to attain some high level. We started at that high peak of redemption. Mm. We started at that high peak of redemption. What we're trying to attain is more of Christ. What we're trying to learn is more of Christ. What we're trying to experience is a greater expression of Christ. And that is impossible to take place if I'm not accepting where I'm being delivered by my God always, which is the death of Jesus, because that place removes me and allows Christ to live through me, Galatians 2.20, so he's magnified, and he, through him, our heavenly Father, is glorified. He, he delivers us there always because there is no other avenue for fruit bearing. There is no other avenue for loving each other. There is no other avenue than through faith literal moment-by-moment moment faith in the death of Jesus to be able to be in this process of being filled with the knowledge of God's will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that we can walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in this knowledge which we once began. My goodness, that'll make you raise up in your chair, hallelujah, in which we once began. We began in the knowledge of God. We Everything that we know now and have now is based on the knowledge of God. If I can find it, let's turn over and let me see if I'm right. Is it 1 Peter or is it 2 Peter? Uh, 
I believe it must be Second Peter. Let me flip over there to Second Peter. If you got your Bibles, I hope you're doing it too. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, it's in Second uh, Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of our Savior Jesus Christ and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our and of Jesus our Lord. See, there is no increase of knowledge without it being through Jesus our Lord. Everything has to pass through Jesus, and that means it has to pass through our faith in what he did at Calvary. That's how you pass through, and that's how everything that God's going to do in your life takes place, is that you keep your heart yielded, Romans 6.16, you keep your heart yielded to that obedience that's under righteousness, that meaning faith in Christ, obedience unto death, that was unto the righteousness God has imputed to you and made you, in Christ Jesus now. Hallelujah. Wait, so, and let's, let's read verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. God called you unto glory and virtue by calling you to the place he has to deliver you and you have to accept it to be born again. The death of Jesus. When you accepted it, you were immersed into that death. And you begin to walk in that knowledge that God offered you and you accepted. And now there's an increase of that knowledge to those who stay in that place where God delivered you so that you can walk in this place of increased knowledge that, by the way, comes to those who... God finds humble and able to give more grace to. Remember what Peter also wrote, that we would grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because we might be learning stuff in our heads, but it's not experienced in our hearts unless we're growing not just in what we're seeing in the Word, but what we're accepting in the Word by the Spirit of grace who walks us as the spirit of truth into the things he's trying to teach us. The very not, Listen, we're not learning anything unless our feet's in it. We're, 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 we didn't, listen, we didn't, we weren't immersed into Christ initially until we believed it with the heart. And that, that when we believed what Jesus did for us on the cross with the heart, it was the operation of God. You were immersed into the very death of Jesus, crucified with him, hallelujah, buried with him, raised to newness of life with him, ascended with him, and now even seated with him. The reality, all that is true. And none of that happened until with your heart you accepted the death of Jesus, because that's where you were being delivered. And God's not delivering you, my, my friend, the child of God, any other place. Because in that place comes that revelation out of that rock of ages, out of that well of salvation, out of that place comes everything that you need. This is the focus of the Word of God. So, uh, he tells us here in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I'm going to read that again, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, isn't that beautifully laid out there for us? So let's go back over this now. And, and, and cover this. I, I want everybody to at least see this the way that, that, that the Holy Spirit is showing this to me. And I pray that he'd show this to you today. It's there for the seeing. It's there for the viewing. It, it's there for the seeing. It's there for the viewing. If, if you will allow the Lord to show it to you. 
Let's read verse 9 and work our way through it one more time. For this cause we also, says the Apostle Paul and his group of ministers, since the day we heard of your faithfulness, your love in the Spirit, we do not stop praying for you. And we're desiring that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's very powerful. We could stay here for a long, long time on this very topic because God's will, let me say it again, is only found in God's wisdom and in spiritual understanding. Not natural, fleshly understanding. Spiritual, that which is of the Spirit. That which is of the Spirit. And that which is of the Spirit is the revealing of Christ, for that's the avenue through which he builds his church. Strengthened, the prayer is here that not only will we be found walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing unto him, but that we'll be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God which will require us, verse 11, being strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. There's that phrase again that Peter wrote about. According to his glory, the power, listen, his glorious power is the power of his glory. And Jesus, Hebrews 1 and 3 tells us, is the brightness of God's glory. And that's because of what he did on Calvary's cross. Who he is and what he did on the cross is what allows him to be the brightness of God's glory to us and the hope of glory that is within us. Hallelujah. According to his glorious power, listen, and here, here is the picture of the fruit. Here's a picture of the fruit of those who are not just quoting Colossians 2 and 6, but walking in the truth of Colossians 2 and 6, which they are, what are they doing? They're walking worthy of the Lord. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, but this is where they're walking, worthy unto the Lord in all pleasing, and they're being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, and they are being strengthened with all might. And let me quote this to you, and I got it here in my notes. Ephesians 3 and 16 says that he would grant you, another prayer, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man, not the outer man. He's perishing, by the way. It's the inner man that's being renewed with strength day by day if we are walking in the light of the truth of the gospel. If we are <clears throat> accepting where our God is delivering us, where the spirit of truth and grace, <clears throat> where the spirit of holiness is delivering us unto always so that we can be found always walking unto what pleases him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. You see, there are many people when they reach a certain age, their declaration is, when you get to be my age, son, you'll not have any patience. You won't have any patience left. These are people who don't know how to walk in Christ Jesus. Oh, they go to church, but they, they, they don't know nothing about walking in Christ Jesus. Oh, they know, let me say it again, they know how to be faithful to a building in a certain group of people or a denomination or a preacher, but they know absolutely nothing. They've not walked in Christ their whole life because if they had in their old age, 
they'd be fruitful. And it would be according to his glorious power under all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. With joyfulness. And it doesn't end there. It goes on to say here, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. And that means that we're giving thanks in this place, in this place. We're not just saying thank you, Lord. We're giving thanks to God in this place, walking in Christ, worthy of the Lord's calling upon us, pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all might in the inner man according to his glorious power, referring to the cross of Christ, my friends, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us, which has qualified us through faith in Christ to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, in the light, which is the righteousness that we are now in Christ Jesus. Remember, you need to write this down and look at this. It's very important. Psalms 37, 6. Okay, let's just all go look at it today. Hallelujah. I got a Bible. Glory be to God. Psalms 37, 6 says, And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noon day. Isn't that powerful? The righteousness that we've been made in Christ Jesus is the light, is, is the path that we're on, not the path of the righteous, the path of the just. And the Bible says in Proverbs 4.18, well, I'm glad you got a Bible too. Let's go look it up together today. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just, and that's the path of the righteous, is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. My friend, the only place of increase of light on the path you're on is an increase of the knowledge of God that you're learning through faith in the death of Jesus. There's no other place. Look, listen, this place of being filled, being, get this now, is this you? If it's not, well, you're being convicted of the Holy Spirit. If this is not you, it can be you. But because it's not something you have to go and figure out to do. No, it's just something you have to go back to. If this is not your experience, you don't have to well, figure it out. It, you, listen, you didn't figure out your salvation. You just believed the gospel when you heard it. You were convicted that you were a sinner and that God had sent his son and you believed it and he saved you and he brought you into the flock of God. Hallelujah. So this is not about something you've got to figure out and do. This is about something you've got to get back to, which is the place you began your walk in him. Galatians chapter 3 tells us that we began in the spirit when we believed Jesus Christ and him crucified. We received the spirit when we believed Jesus Christ and him crucified. Miracles were worked among us when we just had our focus and faith in and boast in nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. You can't get around it. If you do, you're going around where the knowledge of God is offered in spirit and in truth, hallelujah, according to his glorious power. God's glorious power only flows through Calvary's Lamb. No other place. All power in heaven and earth is given to Jesus. He has it now. And he, and he only gives it to those to function by, listen, as they have their faith in him and what he did at Calvary. There is no flow of life 
and love and power outside of that pierced rock. It does not exist except in the vain imaginations of men. And if we're not, listen, as I get ready, well, we got a few more minutes, hallelujah. If we're not being filled with the knowledge of God's will, and let me say this, how many times have we and have we heard others say, well, I just don't really know what God's will is. Well, that, they're, they're telling on themselves, and that's okay if that's where you found yourself, but you don't have to stay there, my friend. I've heard hundreds, if not a few thousand people in my life say, I just don't know what God's will is. God's will, he wants to fill you with the knowledge of his will. He don't want you just, well, I think I might. No, God won't. Look at the scripture in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not stop praying for you and to desire that you might be Filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. God not only does not want you not to know what his will is, he wants you to know it, and he wants to fill you, fill you with the knowledge of his will. Fill you with the knowledge of his will, but it takes place in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So let's go back to one of my favorite places in all of God's word, which is Proverbs chapter 2. And we recently did this, and I'm doing it again because it is a great revelation, a great revelation hidden in the old covenant that becomes light and revealed to us in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and the hungry heart that we're supposed to have. Watch this now. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if you're a Christian, you're a son or a daughter of God. My son or my daughter, if you will, if you will receive my words and hide, that means treasure, my commandments with you so that you incline your ear unto wisdom that comes from my word and apply thine heart to understanding that comes from my word. Watch. Yes, if you cry out after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then, then, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth, his word, comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler, meaning shield, to them that walk uprightly. Who are those that walk uprightly? Here we're back to walking in this upright walk. You're not going to get around the, the, the context of righteousness. Listen to this. He lays up, that means he stores up, sound wisdom for the righteous. He, that's the saved, the Christian, the saved people of God. For the righteous, he is a shield to them that walk uprightly. Well, who are those that walk uprightly? He just gave the criteria of them. They're children of God who have, are receiving his words, who are hiding his words as treasure in their hearts. But note this, who are the upright in their walk in experience? Because even all of the church today is not. The church of Sardis had a name. They were alive, but Jesus tells them they're dead. The church of Laodicea had the Spirit of God. You can't be the church of Jesus Christ and not have the Spirit of the living God dwelling on the inside, but he was not in fellowship with them. The ones who had his Spirit, he was not in fellowship with them. He was knocking on the door, hoping they would recognize the nail scars on his hand, the hand that was knocking on the door was the one who died for them and who had saved them and brought them into an initial fellowship that they had opted out of through faith in something other 
Notice this. They were not walking with the Lord. They were not walking uprightly. Remember what Paul uh, said in Galatians chapter 2? When I saw, when Peter played the part of the hypocrite and Barnabas, Barnabas uh, joined him and others that were there, Paul said, when I saw that they walked not up, when they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. That's when the pointing back to what happened at Calvary had to take place. Amen. They were already justified and righteous, but their walk was not so. So watch Psalms 94, 15. I hope and pray that you'd write these things down and look at them later because they will bless your heart. Who, who is it that's walking uprightly? Well, it's those who are on the path of righteousness who are walking on the path of righteousness, experiencing that path shining more until that perfect day. Watch this, Psalms 94 and 15. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. What are the upright in heart following? To be able to walk the judgment that has returned under righteous judgment, under righteousness. The place, remember what Jesus taught. Oh, we are to judge, my friend. But Jesus said in John 7, 24, judge ye righteous judgment. Because that's the only way you can walk upright before the Lord is if your judgment is that of righteousness. If your judgment, if you're using God's word outside of its judgment of righteousness, you're not going to be able to walk uprightly before the Lord. You're going to think you're doing right things, but it's going to result in you just thinking you're doing right things. But it has to be spirit-led and for the Spirit to lead you, and he has to, for us to be able to walk uprightly in a way that's pleasing the Lord, it has to be through the Word of God, the Word of the truth of the gospel, because that is the Word of righteousness. For our judgment now is that of righteousness. That's what allows our walk to be upright before the Lord. Those are the ones who are experiencing this sound wisdom. This is the this is the people who learn as Paul did. We got to get determined, and we got to get real determined. We can't condemn nobody, but we gotta we gotta make righteous judgment. We gotta make righteous judgment, and as we do, we go experience. What the Bible says, they that shall, they that will, the Bible says, Peter, Paul, uh, Paul wrote this to Timothy, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution, shall be ridiculed, shall be criticized, shall be called unloving, shall be Oh my goodness, the, 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 the excuses of others not to follow a determined way of Calvary's lamb is endless. But the way we walk uprightly before the Lord, the way we experience the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and are found walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all might is according to the glorious power that results un, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That ain't talking about you going to heaven because in heaven you ain't got no more need to be long-suffering. You ain't got no more need to fight the good fight of faith. Matter of fact, there ain't no faith in heaven because the reality is now taking place there. Hallelujah. This is for now. This is for here. This is why the church has to come back to Calvary. This is why the church got to stop listening to anything that's not pointing to the one place our God's delivering us unto always because it's the only place we're going to find God's will 
We're going to be found walking on the path that's shining brighter. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, it only flows out of that pierced rock. Hallelujah. Told you the Lord was going to bless you today. He's blessed me more than I thought I was going to ever be blessed just by sharing these great truths. I hope you have been encouraged. I hope you have chosen to go the way of Calvary's lamb and not just some men who are trying to distract you from the focus of the lamb. Hallelujah. In the days ahead, you're going to see men who are distracting. Let me say this. In the days ahead, you're going to see men who are distracting God's people from the way of the cross go blind in a greater way than they have been before. You're going to see them go blind in a, in a stronger way than they have been before because we're living in the last few vapors of the last few moments of time as we know it, this age as we know it now. So you better get on board and you better get determined to stay on board with the Lord and the way of the sacrifice of Christ. You better get on board and you better get all in because it's the only place that you won't be shaken loose from. It's where God delivers you unto always, my friends. God bless you. I pray his touch be upon all aspects of all of you, body, soul, and spirit, and that he will have used these words today to light a fire in your heart and to graft more concretely in your heart the truths that are written here in his word for you. I love you. God bless you. If the Lord stirs your heart to give, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. And until I see you later, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified.